Thanks very much to Joe Maguire, who's pretty much brought us right up to date with what's happening in football. Yeah, I'm afraid we've been on the front pages and the back pages over the past 24 hours, dominating news headlines right across the country, not just in Scotland, and sadly for all the wrong reasons. And looking at the weather outside, why would you want to go abroad? Why? Staycation. Barry Ferguson, that's the thing to do, isn't it? Stay in this country. It sure is. Um, The weather's stunning outside, 28 degrees, and we are sadly in a studio doing the show. Ah, but we've got so much coming up between now and... 7 o'clock tonight. Leanne Crichton is joining a Scottish international player with Glasgow City. Leanne, great to see you with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Great we to love, be here. Yeah, see you on the telly at the weekend. And you've been training today as well with Glasgow City because next week, very special for you. I have, yes. We had an open training day actually that the media were able to come along to um, and the sun was shining, so it was a good day. Barry, for you, training will start soon with Kelty Hearts. The League Cup section's coming up and uh, we're going to talk about it shortly, the protocols which everyone has to follow because of COVID-19. Yeah, I get the email uh, this morning from the club um, and I was speaking to Leanne for about 30 minutes, all the protocols we've got to go through. So there's there's quite a lot of uh, things that we need to sort before next Thursday. Um, and one thing I will say, it's good to have a decent central midfielder beside me instead of Cy Ferry. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> I presume you were speaking to me there. First caller will be Cy Ferry. He's dialed in 0808 <laughs> 17 17 700. Rob McLean is with us as well. And Rob, you'd have been on the telly tonight later on Absolutely. doing Aberdeen. So this, those two big casualties, these matches tonight, I mean, Celtic fans can't believe it, I would imagine, that they should have been playing St Mirren. Yeah, St Mirren Celtic uh, was due to be on tonight. Aberdeen Hamilton, both matches Called off for the reasons we know only too well about. Motherwell Livingston does go ahead. Uh, all 7.45 starts tonight. Uh, Ross County and Kilmarnock. What a start that Dingwall team have had to the season. And of course Rangers, St Johnston. Rangers with that great chance with Celtic not involved at the moment of uh, putting some distance between themselves and the defending champions. About 10 days into the season, Barry, could you have believed that Rangers could go five points clear by half past nine tonight? No, um... I didn't, but what an opportunity it is for Rangers now to go and put a, a bit of breathing space between them and Celtic. Um, they need to go and produce the performances they certainly they had at the, the weekend against St Man. I thought they were very impressive um, and they, they got three goals. And listen, the star man was back on form, Morelos. I thought he looked sharper. Um, he looked to Morelos in the first uh, six months of last season. So... Things are looking good, but listen, St Johnson will come and make it difficult for Rangers, but it's about Rangers just getting the three points. We'll hear from Stephen Gerrard in a second or two. Rob? It's funny, one of our callers last night was saying that uh, if he'd asked him four days ago about Morales, he'd have said, yeah, let's take the money. But after that performance, he was back in business against St Mirren, scored two, um, created the other one, Leanne, um, and he's now desperate to have Morales as part of what could be a really strong attacking foursome now at the club with the two new signings, Mm -hmm. plus Jermaine Defoe's nearly ready as well. I think that's the beauty of football, isn't it? How quickly it changes. You could be sitting furious as a fan on the weekend, and uh, a couple of days later, things totally change. But I th- you know, for Rangers, if they can hang on to all their attacking assets, you know, it will be great for the season. But financially, do they need the money in for Morelos if they can get it? I don't know. But it's, it makes it exciting, doesn't it? I think, I think that's a big question, Barry, isn't it? You know, is it going to take crazy money uh, for for Rangers to accept a bid for for Morelos, or are they after just any money? Um, or 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 do you think it's do you think it maybe it's changing for the power brokers at Ibrox? The situation is maybe fluid as fluid as it is for the fans. 
Well, Rob, I, I think it needs to be crazy money. Um, they've now got a chairman and a, a very successful businessman in, in Douglas Park um, in, in charge. So I think it would need to take um, 18, 20 million before Rangers would even need to consider. Uh, and I, I totally agree with Leanne. I think it, it's looking really good for Rangers. Um, the two new strikers have brought in are very good players. Morelos back to form. Defoe will be back in the next week or two, Stephen Gerrard uh, mentioned. So, real good competition for places. So, I think the only way that they'll let uh, the star man Morelos go is if it's upwards of 18 to 20 million. Yeah, we hear that, we hear that Lille um, are still interested, but I think the quote I heard was they're watching the situation. But, you know, it doesn't sound like they're poised to come in and, and up their bid. I don't know if they've even made a bid so far. They've obviously declared their interest, but I don't know how much they've gone towards naming, naming their figure. I think you see that happening a lot where it drags on and drags on and it becomes a, a last minute thing. The reassuring part of it, if you're Rangers, you've got players in the door already, so they're not in a position where... You know, at one stage they could have lost Alfredo Morelos without having any real natural replacement with Jermaine Defoe being injured. That's changed slightly now. So Rangers have probably got the upper hand in the sense that now they don't need to sell um, and they're also in a position that they can they can sit tight and ask for more money if that's what, what it is. That's Leanne Crichton on the Go Radio Football Show. Five till seven tonight. Give us your calls. 0808 17 17 700, beautiful, sunny evening. Take us out into the garden there with the app, of course. Uh, or take the transistor out there. Do we still have transistors, Rob? I, do don't, know. Yeah. I, I don't know if you still get transistor radios, but you can uh, listen on the app. You can go to the, the website. You can uh, get us on DAB. There's lots of weird and wonderful ways you can get hold of uh, Go Radio and the Go Radio football show. We've got news in a moment of a former Rangers star who is moving back into management as a senior coach. Give you that in a moment or two. But first of all, Stephen Gerrard about tonight's match with St Johnson. They've had obviously longer to prepare in terms of tactically and stuff. I'm sure the players will be eager for a game of football in terms of their freshness. But we're right into our rhythm. You know, having the extra couple of games we feel has been a big benefit to us. Barry, how do you think they will line up tonight? I don't think he'll change it from from Saturday. If I'm being honest, I was uh, as I'd mentioned earlier, I was very impressed. I thought they, they started in the front foot uh, against St. Mun. Um, my only concern at half time is that there was only one goal. But they come out in the second half and they got that second and then the third and then it could have went four or five, if I'm being honest. So there's certainly a lot of confidence in that in that Rangers team. Um, and listen, that's what you want, two games, six points, and they need to keep it going. It's all about consistency because there's certainly a lot of quality in that Rangers team. I just wonder whether, uh, do you think, Barry, that the, the two new signings have had a big effect on the mindset of Alfredo Morales? Has, has that focused him, the fact that these two guys have come in the door and, and suddenly he's thinking, well, I don't get on this into the side now on automatic pilot. These guys are really threatening me. Maybe it's a complete coincidence, but he certainly delivered at the weekend. He, he looked to be getting back to his best. Yep, um, it was interesting. I read that the manager had sat him down on Saturday and he's obviously looked into his eyes to think right are you are you ready for this are you ready for a challenge and certainly Morelos's performance in Sunday was well it's shown me that he's up for the challenge um, as I say he looked a bit sharper it's always going to take you two or three games Rob to get up to speed but certainly he looked like the Morelos of the first six months of last season and he got two goals he was involved in obviously the own goal um, so now he's looking the part and it's looking if he's got his mind back on the game again Leanne psychologically with two new strikers there desperate to get involved that seems to have made a difference 
I think it might have because what he's looking at now, if the move doesn't come that you know the manager spoke about his head being turned and, and yeah. that's where he was at. If that bid doesn't come and he doesn't move on, and all of a sudden you've got two other strikers, three strikers, and Jermaine Defoe that's back fit, you don't get in the side now. You know, so you need to perform. You need to show that you can score. If you really want that move, you need to be performing. But also, it shouldn't have taken for new players to come in for his attitude to be spot on. So. It might be too soon to call it, Rob. It's one game. Let's relax with that one. Oh no, let's dive in at the deep end. Just let, <laughs> let's get let's get completely carried away. I think that's okay. Yep. Give us a call. What do you think, Rangers fans? Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. The Go Radio Football Show. Rob, we've got some news. Uh, Lee McCulloch is on the move back in coaching. Yeah, because he was working, of course, um, with Robbie Nielsen at Dundee United. Uh, Robbie Nielsen has gone back to Hearts, and I guess it was expected to happen. And today it has happened. And and Lee McCulloch. Um, Barry's former teammate um, is has gone to Hearts as part of the backroom staff and Gordon Forrest has gone from Dundee United as well Barry Yep um, obviously I'm good friends really I, I keep in contact and look, he speaks highly and he really enjoyed working up under Robbie Nielsen look, he had his, his um, shot at managing at Kilmarnock it didn't go according to plan he took a bit of time out and he went back in at Dundee United how did, that, how did that affect him the Kilmarnock episode? Yeah, I think it left a, a bit of taste in his mouth, to be honest with you. Um, so he took a bit of time out, um, went on a few holidays and, and done a bit of media work and he got the opportunity to go and work with Robbie and he, as I said, he, he speaks very highly of Robbie Nielsen, he says, in terms of his, his coaching methods and his man management is excellent and you could see he had the, that enjoyment back again and I was, I'm not surprised, I know it's took a few weeks for him to, to go to Hearts but I'm not surprised as I said because I know obviously he enjoyed it under Robbie and obviously Robbie trusts Lee's judgement How does that management team look to you Leanne at Hearts in a season which is absolutely crucial for them of course to bounce straight back with Craig Gordon on the show I'm trying to remember what day this is but I think it was I think it was earlier this week Monday that, yeah. Yeah, that Craig was on uh, talking about his desire to continue playing for Scotland which is going to be good for Hearts because it's going to mean he wants to be at the top of his game with Hearts and now they've got that management structure with, with Robbie Nielsen joined by Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest I think what you look for in any management team or, or any team is that you want people around you that appreciate what you do who understand you and who buy into exactly what you're what you're looking to do and I think that's what Robbie got from his side last year at Dundee United and he'll be looking for much the same he knows that division really well and he'll be looking to bounce back as you say and I think the more people that you can get around you that can offer those qualities and he'll be looking for the same the same idea you know he needs hearts to hit the ground running um, and as Barry mentioned Lee you know I spoke to him a couple of times as well up there and he really enjoyed it. He looked like a guy that was enjoying his work, you know, and, and that's exactly what you want is people around the club that have got a good attitude, that have got an ambition to do better. Um, and Lee's certainly shown that. I was quite surprised when Robbie Nielsen left Hearts, I have to say. That there were a lot of Hearts fans that were quite happy to see him go, mm. but I, my impression was that he'd done really well there. I've got to agree with you, Rob, but I was surprised as well. Um, but I think it's like a lot of managers or coaches, they want to try and go down south and Obviously, it didn't work out, uh, work out at MK Dons for him. Um, and he took a wee spell out of the game and he, he went into Dundee United. And listen, Dundee United have been trying to get out of the Championship for a number of years now. And Robbie managed to do it. And that's exactly why Hearts have come in and prize him away. Because Hearts this season, with the squad they've got, the players they've got, the pressure's on them. They need to go up 
so many talking points. Maybe some Hearts fans give us a call. Dundee United fans. Celtic fans, we're going to speak to Neil Lennon very shortly. And Simon Donnelly is going to join us in about uh, five minutes on the programme on the Go Radio Football Show. We're going to Ridgery now on the line. I think it's a Rangers fan. Kev is on the line. Good evening. Uh, good evening, guys. How you doing? Uh, good, thanks. You? Hi, Kev. Yep. Hi, Kev. Uh, not too bad. Hi, Ryan. Um, right, so I've just got a wee question about the, the, the fixture list and, um, and how they're going to pan out and stuff can you, like that. Can you sort it out, Kev? Can you sort the fixture list out? <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you five minutes. I <laughs> uh, know. I've been racking my brain on how it's going to actually work. Yep. Uh, no, it's obviously, they were talking about the start of the season, there's only going to be one one place that uh, for the for the extra fixture maybe to be fitted in but obviously now there's two fixtures so where where are they going to be fitted in between now and the end of the season this is going to be a major problem Barry isn't it trying to get all these matches in yeah, yeah. If, uh, I'm the same I'm, I don't know where they're going to and how they're going to fit them in um, the SPFL I'll, I'll need to sit down and think long and hard about this um, that's two games that the teams are missing out, i.e. Aberdeen and, and Celtic this week. Um, it's where they fit them in because it's already going to be a congested fixture uh, list. So I, I honestly don't know myself. It's a guy called Ian Blair yep. at the SPFL who has the lovely job of uh, of sorting out the fixtures. And, and I mean, even before we got going uh, on the 1st of August, he was warning us that there were going to be phases of four matches in eight days. And that might even be happening a couple of times in, in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what's happened um, with Aberdeen and Celtic has only made it even more complicated. So, I, I mean, there, there is no answer to Kev's question. I don't think really, Leon, is there? No, there's not. I think what you'll look at is that... The the teams will be playing every second day, every third day, if they need to do that. Um, it's the only way it can possibly be done. Will it be great? Will it be great for the game? I don't think so, but you know, it needs must. And, and come the end of the season, there's probably not too much scope to extend the season you know, by, by any means. So thankfully, we are not the people that make these decisions. See, that's my worry, Leanne. Um, squeezing a lot of the games in, and you're saying every two days, then the quality of the football... Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, listen, they, they all look after themselves, these players. They're well looked after, you know, what sports science is like. It doesn't make too much of a difference, though, really, does it? Because we know what it's like to play. Mm-hmm. You, it takes two days to recover, at yep. least three days to feel. Yep, so the, it's the quality that will suffer. It's mm-hmm. the fans that will obviously been watching these games. Um, they'll mm-hmm. not be the same quality, but listen, but we'll, do, do we'll think, try but, and fix, fit them in somewhere. Yeah, and do you not think because of what's happened in the last few days, Let's settle for football continuing, <laughs> at, you know, whatever the chaos is around yeah. the fixture list, because the real danger is at the moment that it all grinds to a halt again. Yeah, we're back to you know, that lockdown situation. Kev, what are you looking for tonight? What do you reckon after great performance by Rangers at the weekend? More of the same tonight? Uh, yeah. I can score, score no one. I just want to keep a sheet again and get the, the points and, and goals on the board as well. Do you know what I mean? And just kind of. Set the pace a wee bit for everybody else to, uh, to chase. And what about Morelos? We were, you know, Barry was saying a few moments ago. Do you think the fact that there's two strikers there, you know, ch- chasing him for that position has made a difference? He looked a different player again, the player of last year. It's hard. It's hard to see when you're a big fan of him. You don't really see past him all at the time. <laughs> so you kind of you see past this stuff and you think, oh, he's going through a wee different form and and it'll come good or whatever. But I, it, it, it seems as if he's got a kick up the bum, so to speak. Um, and I think a frank chat with, with Stephen Gerrard possibly helped that. Uh, but okay. aye, so 
it's, it's, it's kicking on and it's good enough to see. Kev, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for coming on to the Go Radio Football Show tonight. Coming up next, Neil Lennon, and we're going to be speaking to Simon Donnelly. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks, Chris, Paul Cooney and the gang with the... Thursday, Wednesday night special. I've enjoyed it every evening. I'm just, uh, yeah, it's Wednesday night. I'm just thinking the school's back today and tomorrow, so good luck to everyone. Loads of the kids in uh, Glasgow, Lanarkshire, back today, Barry. Yeah, yeah I'm just lucky all my kids are um, grown up. Yeah. They're not at school, uh, they're out working, so no, I think a lot of parents will be happy. Um, they've been under their feet for the last four or five months, so I think you'll see a lot of happy parents today. Leanne, a long, long lockdown. It has been. It has been. My, my niece actually started school today, and when the photo came through, you just feel for them. They're so small, and mm. uh, but my brother and my sister-in-law are definitely delighted to, to get shot of them after this length of time. Some of the kids reluctant to go back, and the parents think, no, no, yeah. you're going. You know, it's 6.30 this morning, straight yeah. out the door. Uh, my granddaughter started school today, Marie Maria, out in Hamilton, so I hope it went well. So many of the kids back today, so... Uh, Stay tuned to us till seven tonight. Neil Lennon coming up in a moment or two, and Simon Donnelly on an evening when Rangers are in action against St Johnson, seven forty-five kickoff. Motherwell Livingston, we'll look at that in a moment or two, and Ross County against Kilmarnock. Ross County, what a start to the season for them. Motherwell looking for points tonight at home, and Rangers could go five points clear this evening if they win five points clear of Celtic Celtic should have been playing at St Mirren as you know the six o'clock match and Aberdeen against Hamilton also postponed because of the breaking down of the of the lockdown it's unbelievable Rob isn't there's it probably, yeah. there's probably Hibs fans screaming at us yeah. at the moment because we're talking about Rangers going five clear of Celtic Hibs nine out of nine on the back of the win at Tanadice what a start uh, Jack Ross and his team have made can they sustain it though that's the big question yep we're going to hear from Jack Ross as well well Neil Lennon was speaking about missing out on the match tonight and we spoke to the Celtic manager. Football is continuing unfortunately for us and Aberdeen that we have to miss out on the next two games. We'll hold our hands up as a club as a whole and say we're sorry and um, look to use this as a motivation for ourselves going forward. Well on the line now is Simon Donnelly, the former Celtic star. Simon, good evening. Evening guys, how's it doing? Yes, I'm very well. Simon, who could believe it? We didn't think, uh, you know, match two for Celtic would be off because of the actions of Bolly, Ball and Goalie. What did you feel when you heard the news? Couldn't believe it, to be honest, Paul. Uh, it filtered through my social media late on Monday night. Uh, obviously, seen all the reactions yesterday, but just a huge error from the lad, uh, and it could prove costly for him at Celtic. Uh, I don't see any way back for him. I watched Lenny's interview yesterday. Uh, the body language the language he was using, you know, you could tell Lenny was absolutely seething with it, uh, a total betrayal of trust, and I just don't see a way back for him. Sid, how you doing, mate? All right. How you doing, Sid? You right? I'm yeah, good, good I'm good. How are you feeling after your 300k? <laughs> Still need to lose weight, mate, I can assure you. Four, four <laughs> months been... of lockdown has taken its toll. Uh, you've been telling me that for the last four or five months, you need to lose a stone or two. <laughs> Nah, it was good. It was good. All, all for a good cause, mate. Obviously, we just decided to do something in July. Everybody's been cooped up, and we get a wee bit of freedom as lockdown was eased. So I, I took to the I, streets and mm, very slow though. I drove past you. I think you were leaving from Far Park, and I, I don't know if you heard the, the horn going and a bit of abuse coming out the window. You spotted us, did you? I spotted you. <laughs> so I, I gave you a wee bit. <laughs> no. we, were, we were heading to Celtic Park. That's probably why you didn't join us. <laughs> We spoke to Jackie McNamara, yeah. didn't we? He joined you for, for at least part of it, Simon. 
He did, yeah. He'd uh, obviously had part of the, the, the charity thing was Edinburgh Headway, which is a beneficiary of, of uh, Jackie's Concilium Foundation. So he obviously was keeping a close eye. And then when I'd said, we, we did that walk a, a few years back for Phil O'Donnell, you know, for third part to Celtic part. And I just, yeah. the longer I was doing the 300k, I thought, that's the perfect way to finish this. Uh, managed to get Phil's kids to do it. And Jackie came up, so it was a good day. I think it was twenty odd of us did it just to finish the finish the challenge off. You were speaking there about Neil Lennon and and the public face of the Celtic manager as he gave the reaction to what Bolly yeah. Bolingoli had done. I'm just wondering what the the private meeting between those two might have been like. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> but a serious note. Listen, I've, I've me Barry have got his in dressing rooms as well. Players have pushed the boundaries before, you know, nights out, different things like that. But under the current climate, with the seriousness of this virus and the football sitting on a knife edge, you know, Nicola Sturgeon describes it as a yellow card yesterday. It's it's a huge mistake he's made. I know the Aberdeen boys last week wasn't great either. And I just feel, I was saying earlier, if anything positive comes from this, at least the players now know where they stand. If they've had any doubt before, They'll know now that they, they, they can't step out of line. You know, it's I know it's you're human beings, and you've got a life away from football. But at the moment, it's a different entity. Football's a different animal at the moment, and and the the, the boys need to adhere to the rules. It's a bit worrying though that they didn't know already, isn't it? That they they hadn't sussed it already. We've been coping with this for four or five months now. Of, co- of course it is, and and but having said that, Robert, I'm not defending the boy, but I, I've been at the supermarket for three or four months without a mask and then all of a sudden I'm told to put on a mask. Mm-hmm. The, the playing fields have changed over a wee bit, but when I read that they'd given two days off, which is normal procedure, you know, after a game, go and rest, get ready for the next game. I can't believe the boys decided to go to Spain. It's just, mm-hmm. it's baffling. Simon, how do you think his teammates will react now? I think they'll be frustrated because Barry will tell you, if, we never experienced this, but you're sitting in lockdown for three months. You don't know how last season's going to finish. You don't know when this season's starting. Then you then you see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. They come back, they're doing the training with the, the non-contact stuff at the start. Then a wee bit of normality comes back. They go to France. They're preparing for the, the start of the season. They have a fantastic first win. They'll all be fit. They'll, they'll need games to get up to, to game speed, but they'll all be fit. And then this happens. And it's it's an unnecessary pressure. It's a huge season for, for everybody at Celtic. And it's an unnecessary pressure. People will you'll give people ammunition to go and have a, a go after the result of the weekend, which I don't think anything to do with it. I mean it's a it's a difficult place, rugby park at the best of times to go and get a result. Celtic weren't firing all cylinders, come out get a good point. But you give ammunition to people to criticise you, you know, when something like this happens. Sai, it's Leanne here. How are you doing? Hi, Leanne. You okay? Yeah, all good, all good. See, in terms of the, the fixtures and the way it's looking now, how do you see it um, for Celtic's point of view that they won't kick a ball? Rangers, uh, Hibs, you know, teams that have started the season well yeah. will have the opportunity to, to go and open that gap up. How do you yeah. see that? It's not ideal. It's not ideal. Uh, you've still got the games there to play. There's not a lot of windows in the in the schedule, so their games are going to back up. Uh, but it'll be a different experience for the Celtic players, you know, having to, to close a gap. You, you're looking at Hibs on nine points already. Rangers could create a gap if they win their games. So it's a different it's a different pressure. 
and as I say, totally unnecessary. They should be playing at St Mum tonight in Aberdeen on Saturday. But this has happened and they're paying the penalty. What, what do you think will happen with Bully Bull and Goalie? Do you think uh, this is the perfect um, reason for Celtic to get rid of him? You know what, Robert? I don't, I don't like the idea. I've seen he's taking a lot of stick on social media. I'm not <coughs> sitting in the fence, but I, I don't like witch hunts and stuff. But I, just, I don't see anything. I don't see how the boy can come back for this. Even even himself going and playing with Celtic and things aren't going too well for him, but it'd be an easy target. I just think after this, it's maybe an ideal scenario for him as well to get away. You know, he's made a huge mistake, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to, you know, he's going to land on the sod with it. Simon, in the transfer market, what do you think? Ajeti reported he could be signing soon. Any word this evening? Uh, only from pictures that I've seen on social yeah. media, like everybody else. He's in uh, time. I've got no, I, I believe so. I uh, don't know much about him. If I'm being honest, but four or five million, hopefully, he's, hopefully he's decent and is a, a good acquisition. And what about, sorry, I was going to say, what did you think about Stephen Fletcher? Because that was floating around for a while. I'm not sure if that is still alive or dead, to be honest. Well, he's got the experience, Fletcher, and he's been linked with Celtic so many times before. Uh, I always lean towards. I know Griffiths has struggled at the start of this season, but if, if he can get Lee Griffiths fully fit, said it time and time again. He was in great form with Edward there uh, at the end of the, end of the season before the lockdown started. The two of them playing up front. Klamala, I haven't seen a lot of. He's went away and built himself up. Scored a nice goal last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have too many. You can't have too many attacking it's options. Uh, so whether it's a Jetty or somebody Fletcher, the more the merrier for me. And Simon, do you expect to see Lee Griffiths back soon? I hope so. I hope so. I think. Obviously, Lenny kind of laid the law down to him. It wasn't as fit as he should have been to go to France. Uh, there's been these pictures came up, obviously, of the part. I don't really pay too much attention to that. I'm concentrating on his, his football. If there's a fit Lee Griffiths, he's an asset for Celtic. I've said it before. Yeah, definitely. I've got to agree with him. I think that was a game changer for me after the winter break. Lee Griffiths, obviously, Lenny going to 3 5 2, but Griffiths and yeah. Edward up top, I thought were unplayable at times and you just want to see no look for the Celtic fans but see for Scotland as well Lee Griffiths is so important and you just want the boy yeah. to get back and he's some sort of fitness he's obviously let himself down Lenny's went down hard on him but you want to see him get back because I thought that three months before the shutdown I thought he was different class time for I agree the agree yep. Simon, we were asking everyone last week the prediction for this season. <laughs> Two games down. <laughs> Watch what you're saying here. <laughs> what are you, Simon Donnelly, well, <laughs> what I are you know, thinking? I know you've got Barry in the studio, yep. uh, but I said at the start, I think we've still got the best squad. It's not going to be any surprise. I'll still go with Celtic, but again, things have happened in the last week or so that it's, it's going to be a different pressure for them. It's going to add to the interest of the season. Uh, but yeah, they've created a wee bit of unnecessary pressure for themselves with this misdemeanour. Sid, do you, do you still think he needs to strengthen different areas of the pitch? Obviously the centre-backs come in for a bit of criticism on Sunday. Do you still think he's going to go out and sign two or three players? I know the centre-forwards come in, but um, what do you think? I think they will strengthen again. I think we'll need to see how things unravel with, with the ball and goal situation because... Mm-hmm. Left back, they might need to cover there. Greg Taylor, for me, started. I watched a couple of the pre-season games and the game against Hamilton, and I think he's shown a lot more confidence. He's, he's got the first season under his belt, 
and he looks to have kicked on a little bit, but you need a little bit of cover there. The centre-backs, again, had a, had a shaky game at the weekend, so maybe the focus is on there again, maybe just somebody to, to keep them on their toes. And as I say, going forward, if you've got a, another striker there pushing the two or three that are already there, then, then great. It's interesting, isn't it, Simon, the, the, the left-back the left situation, because it's not exactly what everyone is talking about, re uh, Bolingoli at the moment, but but it does, uh, if, we're, if we're assuming his departure is imminent, Johnny Hayes has gone to Aberdeen, Calvin Miller yep. was one who was coming through for a while, uh, he's gone, so they, they are really short now in that position, and having, having been so strong in it not so long ago. Yeah, totally. I think... Uh, as I say, if, if, if things pan out with ball and goal the way I, I think it might, then that's an area of the, the field that they'll have to look at. I mean, the other side, you've got El Hamed, Frimpong. It's reasonably strong, but I mean, we don't want to be looking at the likes of Callum McGregor filling in on the left-hand side, you know, if Greg Taylor's injured or whatever. So a, a cover for there is, is paramount, I think. And what 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 are your feelings about centre back? I mean, do you think Neil Lennon had the if he was having doubts, then they were exacerbated on Sunday because uh, of uh, Nicky Kabamba pushing around Ayer and Julian? Aye, but again, Rob, you're, you're two games in. I don't, it wasn't our best performance for either of them. But you could you could say that about the whole Celtic team at the weekend. You know, they've taken a bit of criticism for the game. I feel when you get your noses in front, Barry will probably agree with us, if you get your noses in front at places like Rugby Park, the longer the game goes, Kilmarnock need to come out and that will open up and you can maybe get a second. The error at the weekend was hugely costly. It got Kilmarnock back in the game with a soft penalty and then they've got something there to go and hold on to and make it difficult. And you could see it getting more frustrating for Celtic. I've played in the games a hundred times over, a sticky pitch, warm weather. It's it's difficult. It's never easy. It was never easy even when rugby park had grass. <laughs> so to 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 point the blame at the, the centre back, I I think they need some cover there. I would say that. I think the boys had a reasonable season last year. Julian scored a lot of goals uh, for his first season. But I think they need some cover there as well. You know it was a while ago that you played when you talk about rugby park with grass. Yeah. Talk about the grass, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Many Sim- moons ago. Uh, Simon, before you go, what about Hibs? What a start to the season. Great start. Great start. I watched the game last night. Uh, I didn't see the first two games, but by looking at the ports, I don't think they played as well last night. But they get the result and they hold on at the end when United are trying to get an equaliser. A fantastic start for them. Uh They've got some exciting players there. I know Celtic maybe linked with the, the lad Boyle. Mm-hmm. For Hibs' sake, I hope they, they keep a hold of him. Uh, the two strikers look a handful as well, like Boyle and Nisbet, that's came to the Championship. So it's, it's a great start for them, nine out of nine. Superb. And Simon, what's the next uh, for you? Is there any more walking, raising money for the children's hospital? Uh, not in the uh, near future. Uh, <laughs> You've done I'm, your I'm, working, I'm, yeah. I'm doing a wee bit with uh, the Jackie's Foundation. It's something that I quite like doing, so though. There's one or two other wee projects and I need to keep on the move. It's as yep. simple as that. You're, we're getting old, you need to keep on the move. <laughs> we'll maybe see you in a kilt walk soon as well. Thanks. Simon Donnelly, thanks very much for joining us. No bother, guys. Cheers. 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 He's, he's out in the sunshine tonight, I think, there. Yep, I think yeah. he's out in the back garden with um, his boys enjoying the sun. Um, he likes yeah, the sunshine, doesn't he? He does. He's, he does like the sun. Um, but listen, he was a, he was a good player, Sid. I always um, had a few battles with Sid and became good mates with him. Um, still playing the, the Star Sixes games. Um, so he's still got the still got the touch. So it's good to hear from him. He was speaking about that Dundee United Hibs game last night, which obviously Leanne on television made look 
beautiful, but uh, <laughs> but it wasn't much of a game. It was it was a good one to miss, wasn't it? It was. It, listen, Hibs went and get the job done. Uh, I think we had all got our, our hopes up for a, a crack, and it never quite turned out that way. But it's to be expected. These these guys haven't had a lot of football. Um, I know what it feels like just now back training. We had a, our first friendly on Sunday. It's hard to get up to speed. It's hard to get up to that mm. tempo, and I think to go and do that, and you know, within three four days of a break just now, is is telling on the players' legs. Um, but not a listen. Well done, Hibs, and you know, nine points from nine. Is... Yeah. Sid made made a good point. It's been a totally different preseason mm. for everybody. Normally, in a, a normal preseason, you would play six, seven, eight preseason mm. games, um, and that's why some of the guys look rusty mm. in the games, and it's going to take them. Three or four games to get up to speed. So I think people who are, are giving other players a wee bit of criticism, it's, it's been totally different for these players. All right. Some calls coming in. What do you think? What's going to happen this season? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. And we're also going to speak to Jack Ross next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Please to report that all traffic has returned to normal after an earlier accident on M8 eastbound at Junction 16 Canal Street in Craig Hall. You're facing some delays on the A814 Dumbarton Road in both directions at Hoyt Street with a travel time of 10 minutes uh, and that is just passing the medical centre right about there. So please do watch your speed and find an alternative route if you can. You're facing a wee bit of congestion on the M77 as you approach Dumbreck. You're also looking a bit busy on Hags Road round about Shawmoss Road. On your public transport, the service via Pullman is suspended on ScotRail between Edinburgh Waverley and Glasgow Central and also between Edinburgh Waverley and Stirling due to some flooding My name's Chris that's the latest if I missed anything please do let me know as long as it is safe and legal to do so the number you need is 0808 17 17 700 Coming up very shortly we'll be speaking to Jack Ross we've got Rob McLean with us Leanne Crichton and Barry Ferguson Barry with us every Monday and Wednesday here on the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks to everyone calling in. Richard is listening in Leicester Square in London and uh, he enjoyed last night, he told me, Rob. So we've had so many. I thought Jason Leach on Monday night. It was box office. I see the Sun were reporting it, other papers, I think, as well. Yep. It was great to hear it. It was just at the right time. He talks such great sense and he loves his sport. He does. And, you know, he boils down what is a really technical, complex subject uh, into something uh, for those of us who need something simple. Um, yeah, he, keep, he keeps it pretty much down to the earth. But he, but he also he handed out a pretty stiff warning and of course that was on the back of having met with all the, the managers and the captains from all the premiership clubs and I think what told you everything about the current situation was that all of them showed up for the Zoom call Yeah I think that was really important um, I did find it strange that it didn't seem that one of these meetings had taken place beforehand which might have been good just for clarity because um, I know footballers are quick to say they didn't know um, which certainly isn't good enough during a world pandemic but Hey, it's good though. You know, I think Jason Leach is very clear, as you say, and I enjoy listening. You know, to his briefings because you say Rob, it makes it a bit more sense to to me and breaks it down, and mm-hmm. it's very clear. So hopefully, the the managers and captains have taken it on board and feed that back to the clubs, and we don't have any more mistakes. Yeah, listening to his interview when we were, were speaking to him, you could see how passionate mm-hmm. he, he was about getting the football back. And you how asked, you asked all the detailed questions, didn't no, you? No, I mean, yeah. I just kept quiet. <laughs> that's for sure. But you could tell that he was disappointed. And, yeah. Yeah. and what's went yeah. on and he's just desperate to, to get the football back which is refreshing to hear but I agree with Leanne I would have thought one of these meetings maybe have went on at the start when the clubs were allowed back in but listen what's happened has happened and, and now he's obviously he's been strict on um, speaking to the managers and the captains and now players have got to be under the strictest um, guidelines train, home, play, home 
Everyone knows. There's no room for any error. Everyone knows that's what has to happen. You mentioned Jack Ross there. Uh, on the line for the Hibs fan, Dave has called in. Dave, good evening. How are you doing, guys? Good, Hi, Dave. thanks. Hi, Dave. Dave, just before your question, here is Jack Ross. Yeah, really, really pleased. We um, A really tough match for us. We expected it. And um, didn't play with the fluidity we did at the weekend, but found a way to win the game and so exceptionally pleased with the start of the season we've had and what about the strikers well it's, it's a great start for the two of them you know the fact that they've scored five goals between them and the, the only two fixtures they've played together as a pair is, is hugely encouraging I was a bit critical in the half time I didn't think they, um, they worked the back three Dundee United hard enough but equally I was as critical of us not playing forward enough so I think the change of shape again benefited those two and Christian is a brilliant asset to me he's so unselfish in his work and his goal scoring record um, you know stretching back to last season now is, is outstanding Dave full points what do you want to say? I just wanted to ask Barry, like, how far do you think Hibs can take it this season? Because obviously it's our best start to the season in what, 46 years. So mm-hmm. how far do you think we can we can take that run? Well, first, I, I think you've got a, a very good manager in place and watching Hibs last night, I'll be honest, I wasn't too impressed, but the thing that impresses you with, with that is when you don't play well, you get the three points. Um, and you look round about the squad, I like the boy... Centre-back Portis I think he could be A, a future Scotland player um, So I, No I've been in, I've been um, Impressed with Hibs Boyle for me Is a match winner um, I really really like him And it tells you How strong the Hibs squad is When Scott Allen Can't get in the starting mm-hmm. 11 So I, I think Hibs Should be looking at that That top Top three, top four, certainly with the squad they've got. What annoys me about Martin Boyle is that he's elected to play for Australia, Dave, rather than Scotland. And I think the more you see of him and how well he's come back after that bad injury, I mean, he's better than ever. He seems to be quicker than ever. And it's a real shame that we're not going to see him in the, in the dark blue of Scotland, isn't it? No, yeah, that, that is a shame, but I do, I do think... That's You're not funny. caring as long as he turns out for Hibs, to be <laughs> exactly. honest. Uh, yeah, exactly. But it's, a, it's Scotland's own fault in a way. Like, he's been there for a while and he, he wasn't selected or wasn't really given a chance he, he chose to go and play with Australia and obviously he's going to get the chance to play against the likes of Messi and that so you can't really begrudge him that although it does mean a lot of time in the air I mean it's just the you know the other side of the world but um, what do you think for the season then Dave you were asking the guys what they think do you think they have that consistency to stay challenging um, I'll be completely honest you, probably not like we've finished third three times in my lifetime I'm 30 year old so last 30 years we've finished third three times so I, per- I personally see that would be a great achievement you'd settle for third wouldn't you Th- I mean third, yeah. third would be a fantastic finish for Hibs Aye, I, this season but don't get me wrong I'm going to I'm going to ride the wave just now <laughs> I'm top of the league I'm going to I'm going to make it well known to my mates that were, that were sitting top so I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts Dave how do you think the young boy Nisbet you got for Dunfermline how do you think he's settled in He's got after, after a decent start, it's like a hat trick and a couple of assists as well. So, mm-hmm. and I think I think him and Dodge are going to play really well together. And a partnership's something that's quite rare these days because mm-hmm. a lot of teams are playing one up top. So, it'd be it'd be good to see like a good partnership because Hibs fans have not really had one in a while. So maybe since like. Rather than in O'Connor, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm hoping that's that's a good partnership. On behalf of the commentators' union, I'm going to have to ask Jack Ross not to play Dodge and Doig in the team at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, isn't it, <laughs> Dave, it's Leanne here. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask you the thoughts on the new players that have, have come in. I, I think Hibs have strengthened really well, and before a ball was kicked, I thought third was the least that they should be aiming for. 
Um, but if you could strengthen, if you were Jack Ross, is, is there any part of the team that, that you would go and add to? Um, well, we're linked with uh, McCrory for Rangers, and to be honest, I think that would be a good move in the sense that he can play in a couple of different positions, mm-hmm. which is kind of what Jack Ross is after, because we keep changing formations without actually making subs, so we're quite fluid that way, because you've got people that can interchange, so... I yeah. think McCrory can do exactly that as well, so that would he would fit yeah. in really well. Yeah, yeah. McCrory's a, a strange one for me. I I don't know where his best position is. Mm. I don't know whether he's at holding midfielder, whether he's he, he can play at centre back. I know he came through the youth ranks as a, mm. a centre back. He just needs to go and, and settle down and get a run of games. That's what young Ross McCrory. I think he'd be a, a very good signing. I do think he's got a lot of potential. There's no doubt. There's another Hibs player I think when he goes under the radar. I think Gogic has been. Yeah. He's been a real good signing. He he goes about his business quietly. He's he's that dog in the middle of the park. He's the difference in, yeah. in the way. And when you mentioned Dave, especially about the formation changes as well, he makes that possible mm-hmm. because he's the one player that it doesn't matter what formation you play, that won't change. Mm-hmm. He's in there constantly balancing the team. You seen it last night. Even Paul McGinn when they had the back three stepped in, driving the ball forward. Gogic just slides across. He just protects mm-hmm. all the time. He recognises. But I think over the course of the season, will he be fit? He likes to pick up a suspension or two as well. I think Gogic because <laughs> yeah, he he's, he's, he's no slow. He loves a book. Um, so <laughs> so I think you need somebody in there that can mm-hmm. also do that okay. same job. And for me, McCrory could be the one. Yep. Thanks, Dave, for that call. 0808 17 17 700. Paul Cooney here with Leanne Crichton, Barry Ferguson and Rob McLean. We're on till seven. The matches tonight, Motherwell against Livingston, Rangers against St. Johnson, Ross County against Kilmarnock. We all know that St. Mirren Celtic is off, as is Aberdeen against Hamilton. Paul's on the line now from Crookston. Paul, good evening. Uh, good evening, um, Paul, and good evening, um, Barry and Leanne as well. Hello there, how are you doing? Good to, good to hear from you. Paul, what's in your mind tonight? Yeah, um, no, I'll be short and sweet. The last time I phoned in, Rob gave me a hard time. I took a wee bit of time with my point, so I've got an extra time tonight. Right. Right. Okay, <laughs> no, I, th- I think right. I just, I, I think I just reminded you yeah. we're on, we were only on till seven. That was all. <laughs> Paul, um, you go ahead. Yeah, right. No worries. Um, right. So I thought obviously there's been a lot of changes with COVID nineteen. We've got um, more subs in place and whatnot. Just a wee idea, a wee radical idea. I thought just to get your opinion on it. Um. Watching the Rangers game there against St Murray, and you know, I'd imagine a lot of people have phoned in about it, maybe have spoken about it. I've got this 10 men behind the ball. It's, honestly, it's getting much up the season. I'm getting sick and tired of watching it. And don't get me wrong, it happens to Celtic as well, Parkhead probably. Would it be an idea if you made it, if you score four goals, you get an extra point, so you get four points basically? Would that maybe help get more attacking on play and maybe get the bottom six? They think, well, we need to try and get more points here because I just feel it's a bit like if we go to Ibrox or we go to Parkhead, we'll just scrape a point. That's great. And listen, I can imagine, I'm not dismissing what they're doing and whatnot, but it's just, it's just dull to watch. You know, but I don't know, I just want to see your, your opinion on that was. Rob. Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> Paul. Yeah. Barry. Yeah. Yes, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, yeah. I mean, I, I watched the, the Celtic game and Hamilton Aki's game the first game of the season and you sp- you spoke about it a few times, Rob. They played two up top. Mm. They they had a goal you and you look what happened. Yep. They, they lost five goals. I've, I, I think if St Murn came and opened up on Sunday at Ibrox, I think it could have been six or seven. There's no doubt. I, I just don't think they've got the players yeah. to come and 
and play expansive football. I really don't. Um, look, I, I, I had ten years of it. Teams coming and playing ten men behind the ball, and that's the thing that Rangers struggled with last season. They struggled with that breaking down, uh, breaking down these teams. That's when you've got to have a bit of patience. Um, but in terms of the goal scoring, of you get f- four goals, you get an extra point. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure in that one. Leanne, no, I don't, I don't think we can change the rules, Paul. I mean, it does sound good, but I think it's. It's just what it is, you know. We, we need to go on with teams. Need to recognise what they're operating with, what their teams are. I mean, there's formations and and game plans that you can have. Sometimes they go to plan, sometimes they don't. Um, I don't think any team really ever sets out, in my opinion, in any games that I've played. To even if you're in a defensive formation, you don't set out to play negative football. If that makes sense. Often the game just overruns you, or you become, a, you know, camped in your own half. Um, but there's been teams that play negative football well, that go on and are really successful in, across Europe. And I've been know. involved in a, a few teams. The, the team that we went to the UEFA Cup final, the run. We, yep. If we opened up when we went away to Werder Bremen or Sporting Lisbon, mm-hmm. we 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 knew our, our capabilities. We knew if we went over there and we were solid, the four five one. We hit them on the counter attack, and I'd done it with Scotland as well under Walter Smith. We weren't great to watch in the eye, but do you know what? We got results with it. Um, so I understand why teams like St Murn come to places like Ibrox and, and Celtic Park, um, and it goes with budgets as well. They've not <coughs> yeah. got a lot of money to go and mm-hmm. attract the top players that, that Rangers and Celtic have. I mean, you think back, Paul, we had Craig Brown on the show last week. I mean, Craig Brown was not exactly uh, idolised for, for the quality of football he was playing as Scotland manager but we qualified for finals we got to finals and I think all the Scotland fans would settle for that now would settle for actually getting to championship finals rather than playing beautiful football Agreed Okay oh, Dave yeah, Sorry Shandling. I was just going to yeah. say if, effectively if you score lots of goals over the course of the season you do get an extra point anyway because teams will survive and win titles based on goal difference. So the incentive is already there to score goals and not concede. Um, but it's a good point. Dave, it's great of the football back. And Rob, we'll talk, we heard from Jason the other night, he talked about fans back in maybe in September. Can yeah. it still happen? Yeah, and well, yeah. the big worry, of course, was that what's happening now with Aberdeen and uh, Bolingoli at Celtic was it that would affect it because it was always a provisional date wasn't it the 14th of September to get some fans back into the grounds um, but but he said you know he said that can still limit it at a limited level that can still happen so so here is hoping but we no false moves from now on in all right half time news is next and then we're back 0808 17 17 700 the Bull Radio Football Show thanks very much Joe for the news there Joe Maguire back in an hour so we're on till seven. Give us your calls. 0808 700 17 17 700. 0808 17 17 700. Anything you want to talk about, give us a call now. We've got Leanne Crichton, Barry Ferguson and Rob McLean. Rob will bring us up to date with what's happening tonight. The main headlines, Rob? Yeah, well, busy weekend, uh, a busy midweek of, of yeah. uh, football, of course, uh, even allowing for the two matches off. St Mirren Celtic and Aberdeen Hamilton have gone. But Motherwell, Livingston, Rangers, St Johnston, Ross County, Kilmarnock, Rangers with the chance uh, to take advantage of Celtic's inactivity. We'll 
hopefully be getting that team news in about 40 minutes time to see who will be lining up for those teams tonight but there is uh, some other breaking news in the women's game at the moment and it is uh, about Serena Wiegmann of the Netherlands the Netherlands the head coach of the Netherlands national team. Um, she's being linked with uh, Phil Neville's job, being successor at least to Phil Neville with England. Yeah, I've just seen that pop up there, Rob, as well. And I think there's been lots of speculation um, in the beginning. I know there was lots of people linked to the job. Um, how, did, of, how did he do? He did OK. I think it's been unfortunate for him in the sense that the way his contract was, the tournament for next year... Um, has been delayed another year and I think he's opted not to extend his contract because of that or the decision that they've come to. Uh, I think he would have liked to have done better. I think he would have hoped for some success at the, the World Cup in 2019, which never happened for them. Um, and it would be an interesting one because I know Serena Weidman, she had success with the Netherlands at the Euros in 2017. She took them on and, and they won the tournament, um, their home tournament as well, which was a great achievement for them and I, I know she's a name that's that's held in quite high regard in the women's game so it'll be an interesting one uh, clearly England are looking to, to bring in someone with that experience I said Wigman, you said Wigman. I think I'm going to go with your pronunciation um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest you've got the no, you've got the big that. game of course Champions League coming up haven't you next Friday against Wolfsburg in San Sebastian we have Rob it's said you're, you're so glad closer. that I reminded you about that aren't yeah. you yeah I know I'm trying not to think about it um, no listen it's exciting it's great we've been back training there's been lots of stress and anxiety around Barry touched on it earlier the protocols that have been in place and it's not quite felt totally natural without the games and the friendlies as well it's difficult to get that prep mm. um, but the game's coming and you know we're looking forward to it now today we had the media day which is the first day that we've really spoke properly about it um, which again is nice it's a one-off game it will suit us to, to fly over there and empty the tank for 90 minutes and hope for the best Leanne have you had any friendlies any Games. We had one game um, on Sunday, which was a, a closed door game, of course. Um, so one game before a one game a big in Champions five League. Yeah. That's, Can you imagine that, Barry? Going into the Champions League with only one friendly. No, it's, it's, just... it's going to be difficult for the, yeah. the girls. Listen, I, I know you do. You can do so much training. You can do do so much prep on the, the training field, but you, you can't beat actual eleven against eleven. <clears> and as as we mentioned earlier. In pre-season or leading up to these sort of games, you're having six or seven games preparing what way you're going to play against the team. So, I don't know, what what is Wolfsburg? They've been back though, because um, mm, yeah. their season was, was played to a finish mm-hmm. whilst we were still in lockdown. So, they've had kinda enough games to, to keep them going and are the, the German champions newly crowned so it'll be an interesting one for us but listen it could have been played over two legs which again would have been great but it's also one of those ones that two, a two-leg European match you're always thinking in, in the first leg to try and you know no save energy but keep mm-hmm. the score down try and stay in the game whereas now it's changed it's a one-off match just go for it mm-hmm. go, yeah. for it. go for it. literally there's it, the new rule as well with the substitutions that can be made so there's players there there's bodies ready to come on you know if you blow a gasket after 60 minutes of it you're looking at 70 75 minutes normally about that <laughs> might aim for 80 Leanne up until Covid the last couple of years have been phenomenal for the women's game the advances the publicity mm. just the concentration and the respect for it that's shown now 
Yeah, and I think that's the, the nicest part about it. Even during lockdown, the fact that the women's game received the kind of same level of funding um, that the men's game got, that it, it wasn't spoke about too much in the beginning and that was a real frustration for me because I cover all ends of football. I love speaking about the, yeah. the women's game and, and the guys' game just the same and I think it was, it was disrespectful that there was no consideration for that. Um, as we started to move forward, that changed and... I think the last couple of years for me has been the biggest difference. Um, you know, especially the World Cup and the Euros were two huge occasions, and I, just to see the difference w when you come back home and the investment that's there and the interest that's there. I think we can still do better. There still needs to be more investment. There still needs to be more media attention um, and consistent media coverage as well with that. Um, but the caliber of player is getting better. Um, I've seen more and more women's teams. Go full time, Rangers, mm -hmm. Celtic. Yep. Is Glasgow City have put a, a, a bit of money yep. in as well? Glasgow City, we've kind of you still almost semi professional, yeah. Um, some but of the start, are, are full time. I mean, if you look down in England, yep. I think the vast majority of the, the, the league is full time. Yeah, up and here, they're all pro now, and I think that's what the, the golf again has been created with that, and mm. that's the difficulty that we've seen in the guys' game for a long time. is the financial gulf between the men's Scottish Premiership and the English Scottish Premiership that they're incomparable at times uh, and that's what you don't want to see happening too much Yeah, Great support from James Anderson the businessman from Edinburgh yeah, It's phenomenal incredible. What's he done for you? Well he invested to the women's game across the board 250,000 to begin um, and then there was an additional 100,000 that, that was put in um, and that for us is was great then the Champions League game was in doubt because the rules around that where you had to arrive in a chartered flight you had to be back being tested yeah. Um, so he stepped up and, and he put that money it's into amazing. the club as well and that for us when we speak about players just now and the mistakes that have been made that's what I'm constantly trying to remind the players is that we're in a totally privileged position we're the only team in Scotland in the female game just now that's back with the, the view of this game and it wouldn't have happened if there hadn't been, you know, people with good hearts about. And if you got strict guidelines in the team, as a manager says to you, is about watching what you're doing when you you leave the training ground. Do you got to go back home, or you's... It's difficult for us because there is, you know, the work element yep. to it as well, which you can't protect players all the time. What was said in the beginning was to be really mindful that we are in the spotlight. People will look. Mm -hmm to find an error in, in what you do and that we are in a privileged position and just to be smart because not only are you putting yourself at risk, you put your teammates at risk as well. Um, my saying that I like to go by is that you're only as safe as your most irresponsible teammate. Mm. <laughs> Ain't that true? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's how things are shaping up. But the girls are quite good at reminding each other just now that, that we've got this game. I mean, the sun comes out and everybody wants to jump to a park or you know go for an ice cream go for a walk go for a, a drink whatever um, but we just need to be really mindful and thankfully so far the, the girls have bought into that and the whole training thing I mean it is a really painstaking process I mean Barry was speaking about what it entails for Kelty Hearts as well and all the all the stuff that you've got to be so mindful about you know it's not like a spontaneous let's go training exercise is it? No it's not and I, I feel for the, the people behind the scenes at the club that have had to work ever so hard to, to get us back and again that's stuff that, that you know goes without saying um, the poor doctor the, the protocols and the amounts of paperwork that she's had to complete for us to get us back even when you, you arrive you're in the, the car park you're socially distanced in the car park it's a one-way system that's in place um temperature checks you know there's no toilets that are 
in the building. That's all been moved to, to facilities outside. Um, you have your own set of bibs, you know, three colours that everybody brings with them. You take them home, you don't let anybody else swap bibs, don't touch any uh, the equipment that's on the floor. And, and a lot of that is footballers. You, you, normally once you get on the pitch, you get to switch off, yep. the coach takes over. And you don't need to think other than the football. Whereas it's now there's so many different elements to it that you're constantly second guessing. I mean, it's great for the fine system that's in place because if you're forgetting a, a piece of kit or you pick up something else, you leave it, then it'll add up over the course of the season. Everything's changed. It but, has. but at least it's football's a new back, norm. yeah. And we'll be in touch with you for next week. That's Leanne Crichton, who's with us tonight. You can call her now. We've got a call from Jordan's on the line from Clyde Bank. Jordan, good evening. Good evening, guys. Thanks very much um, no, for, th- for taking the call. Pleasure. How are you doing? All right. Hi, good. We're well, thanks. Enjoying the sunshine. Uh, well, trying to. Um, was back at work this week. First uh, few days back at work, so trying to adjust to a little bit of normality. Good to get a little bit of routine about my life once again. But um, yeah, it's Indeed. just it's good that the weather comes out now, just when everybody's um, settling back <laughs> into their job. You know, back to school, back to work. So, John, yeah, what's your, yeah, food, what's, your what's in your mind tonight? Um, well, I was just phoning in with regards to this um, balling goalie situation. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Celtic supporter myself. Um, I've been, you know, going to Celtic partner season ticket holder for for years on end, putting money into the club. Um, and you know, looking at this from a more, um, you know, concerned citizen point of view, I mm-hmm. think the, the actions of this individual speak volumes um, as to you know his character. And I think that's really what's got to come into question just now. We're in a global pandemic, as everybody's aware. Everybody has to, you know, abide by the rules and um, follow strict protocols. And um, just heard Leanne there talking about what training's like when she's there in terms of equipment they're allowed to use, etc. I just think that this is a very, very, you know, major, major problem that he's created for Scottish football as a whole. I think his actions are, you know, they're so questionable. It's, it, it baffles me. If that happens to myself, you know, at work, can I decide? They break protocols. I'm under a strict disciplinary, potentially sacked. I, I, I want to know what the panel's thoughts are on, you know, where balling goalie stands in terms of a professional construct moving forward in Scottish football. I, I've got to agree with you, Jordan, and everything you've said. I, I, I just don't think he, he's let himself down. It's, it's he's put his teammates, their families, the staff at Lennox Town, who probably Leanne mentioned what Glasgow City. Uh, go through the amount of work that the people behind the scenes have, have had to do and I just don't get why Look, N- Lenny obviously gave him the, the two days off after the, the Hamilton game why would you go to Spain of all places for one day and you've got to come back and it's listen it's major headlines 14 days quarantine <clears throat> when you go to a place like Spain so I mean if I was his teammate I'd be I'd be seething I, I wouldn't be happy and you seen Neil Lennon's uh, interview yesterday saying he was livid um, you could tell in the interview that he's went against everything that's been says to um, that, that Celtic squad and and I, I just don't think it's a Celtic squad I think every single mm. Premier League team have went through the yeah. same thing and I mentioned to you off air when the manager has the players in at the training ground he's then got to leave them and trust them when they leave that training ground to go home and be safe and bowling goal he's just done something that I think's I, I, Absolutely. there's that many words I can use to describe it I, I, it's just he's put everybody in danger and let's not forget 
he came back and never says a thing for five yeah. days. They went travelled down to Kilmarnock, stayed in a hotel, went and played against Kilmarnock. Mm. So it could have had a the whole Kilmarnock bubble. Do you yeah. think he'll play again for Celtic? No, no, no. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I think um, you could go be the way that Neil Lennon was talking. Mm. Obviously, they'll need to get through some. Um, sure. Obviously, the the people at board level will need to be having serious chats. But I don't think there's any way back for him. Leanne, I would agree. I mean, I don't like the idea of a witch hunt because no. I think there's been other players that have breached the rules as well, and mm. I don't think at this point anybody's calling for them not to ever play for the clubs again, which is a difficult one. I think there is human error. For me, it's total selfishness, though. Yeah. I think when you're part of that team environment, which um, Jordan, you know, I've spoke about there, we're, we're aware of the rules. I'm a player that's in it training all the time. You know that it's not great to travel anywhere just now, anywhere in the UK, let alone out with the UK. Uh, I find it bizarre that nobody knew he was gone and on his return that nobody <laughs> knew that he had been away. Um, so th there's bits of that that I, I just find odd. Uh, I don't think he'll kick a ball again for Celtic simply because the pressure from the fans and, and everybody else in Scottish football it will create that. I don't think it needs to become just purely about him. It needs to be an internal matter that's dealt with now. I think we need to close the door on it. It's been a learning yeah. curve, I think, for everybody else because I, I also don't believe that he would have been the only player that's breached the rules he's been the one that's been caught which Go is on. sad as well and that's um, a worry because we're on the red card <coughs> next uh, from Nicola Sturgeon Jordan what about the news at Ajeti apparently the word will come in the next 48 hours there'll be a decision whether or not he signs uh, do you know much about him do you think that's the kind of signing that Celtic needs I mean I can when you look on uh, online sorry stats <coughs> yep. and stuff I'm quite, I'm quite pleased with the fact that we're making a signing there. However, I think that tells you the, the whole story at Celtic at the moment. Again, it's a concerning picture for me. I mean, potentially 11 points behind before we kick a ball again. Um, I think as Yeti coming in, we've got Clamalla there now. I know Bios went the other way. Does that potentially mean that, you know, Edward might be on his way out? That's a concern for me. I hope not, because I think if you take him out of this team, for me, we don't have enough depth. To, to push on forward as we, as much as everybody seems to think they have. It's, it's all well and good being a Celtic support, but I think you have to have a wee look and have a bit of rationale about you. For me, our depth's con consistently lacking, and it's a, potentially the board don't reinvest from a lot of fans' eyes. I think the, the, the board have managed their finances quite well in recent years, but I think if there's a time to spend money, surely it's now. Now, Ajeti's coming in for free, I think, isn't he? Um, so... Uh, or, or is that a loan a loan deal for a year yeah. with a with a view to a five million pound uh, transfer? I think. So the, the the concern for me there is again we're looking at you know we're looking at free transfers there. I know that's a loan deal. Um, I know there's wages to be paid, you know, and I can understand that. But I still think that there's, there's more than a jetty half to come in here for me. For me, there needs to be another centre half. There's been yeah. too many people going out. You know, Joseph Savinovich goes out. He's not been replaced. Um, and Neil Lennon stressed that he wasn't. You know, he wasn't overwhelmed with the performances of Bolly and Taylor at left back previous years. You know, is it is it we need another left back now? We've got one there. Uh, right back, Jeremy Frimpong offers a, a great deal going forward. Um, and I think that he's got a, a great future ahead of him. I made it to cover that position. I'm concerned. Is he going to last a season? It seems to be pulling up injury-wise. I think there's a bigger problem at Celtic than some Celtic fans would like to admit with regards to 
um, club depth for me we need a lot more than a jetty in, but it is positive moving forward certainly but Jordan you, I mean you mentioned the, the possibility of Odds and Edouard being sold by Celtic I mean I, I just can't see that. that that would have for me that would have to be a silly price somebody comes in with a, a ridiculous offer for him one of those you can't possibly turn it down otherwise yeah. no way I mean the Celtic at the top level would be putting massive pressure on themselves wouldn't they if they let Edouard go in this, most, in this most, most important of seasons Absolutely, I think if, if Celtic um, were to let go of Edward at this this season, it would be a, it would be a self destruct button for me. I think I think the, the the feeling surrounding the club would be um, would be sick. So I just I hope that that's you know just speculation on my part. You're always fearing the worst, I guess. So I hope that's the case. But with regards to um, the rest of the team, I think we need depth there. Even looking at the goalkeeping position, I, I'm not questioning this the Bathcast player. I mean, I wish him all the best in a Celtic shirt. We've not seen anything of them really. It's still we're still yet to find out whether we've actually strengthened in that position. Fraser Foster's gloves are big gloves to to fill, and that was proven last year in the the cup final. That you know, so I think it's um it's a, my more con- my biggest concern is we're what six days away now from a qualifier, mm-hmm. and we're no further forward in terms of looking at you know strengthening our team. And for me, I think we we finished in a stronger position last year than we are we are currently. And I was. I was ready to talk about this, the Stephen Fletcher situation last week as well, and it's the same argument. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking for something that's a little bit more substantial. Someone to come in and possibly fill the boots of Edward. Something, mm-hmm. someone to embed just now with with the plan of taking the reins next year. A player that maybe is going, you know, for fun. I mean, you need to remember that Edward was sitting in the bench when Dembele was here. So we need someone of that stature, I feel, um, to take the reins. It's all about football progressing. But in terms of your your transfer fee situation, there being a bit a big fee, I think Kieran Tierney obviously set a precedent mm-hmm. by going down south for twenty five million. I mean that's a left back yep. going for twenty five million. We can look at the history of you know players that have transferred um, down south and, and and so on and so forth. I feel now that maybe the Scottish game needs to get a bit of respect in in, in that front. I mean the amount of players that leave Rangers and Celtic to be honest and go on to bigger and better things down there and end up you know, having 50, 60 million pound price tags on their head is scandalous when it's the clubs up here that have kind of developed them, take them in, developed them and put them on that you know that that television. Yeah, uh, yeah. The thing, thing about Hudson Edward as well is that in addition to scoring all the goals for Celtic and what he's be, what he does apart from scoring goals is that you know he's now a prolific scorer for the French under twenty one team as well. And for clubs around the world, <coughs> that met, that matters a hell of a lot more because you're you're on the pathway to the senior French national side. Yeah, but I've always said that I think Edward could easily play top four down in England mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind about that listen he had a quiet game on Sunday but everybody does you've you, you seen when Kilmarnock a team like Kilmarnock kept him at bay Celtic struggle that's how big a player Edward is and I think if Celtic considered selling him I think there'd be an absolute war mm-hmm. the, the Celtic fans the, the guys that I know adore <coughs> him listen I do think at one stage he will leave Celtic mm-hmm. I think as I just mentioned a minute ago yep. He'll, he'll go down and play an Arsenal, a Chelsea, Man United all day long for me. But I think if they want to try and get the 10 in a row, then they, they need to keep Edward. For me, I think the, the logic behind the strengthening that they're doing just now, Celtic, is maybe more about the, the Lee Griffiths situation, just that he's not in and he's not playing, um, as opposed to the Edward move. Although you, I don't think you could ever rule it out simply because if a 
club comes in and bids, I, I reckon he's worth at least 40 million. Yeah. You know, but would clubs offer uh, Scottish football that? I don't know. All right. Jordan, thanks very much for calling. No worries. Thanks for taking the time, guys. Cheers, right. Jordan. Thanks, Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Coming up next, a break, and then we'll be back and we're going to look at tonight's fixtures, some team news coming in. That's all coming up in a moment or two. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Thanks, Chris, keeping us right up to date. Last half hour of the programme and the matches tonight, as you know, Motherwell against Livingston. Motherwell looking for their first win of the season. Ross County, they could be back at the top tonight. It's an amazing start for them. And Rangers, St. Johnson. And a St. Johnson fan has called in 0808 17 17 700. It's Ryan. Ryan, good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Hi, right. Hi Leanne. Hi Barry. How are you doing? You all yeah. good? All good, good thanks. thanks. Good, good. All good. All good. So, what's your, so what are you thinking? Right. So, it was just like a question for Barry and, and Leanne, if, if they were manager. Um, what? How would they deal with the bowling goalie situation um, and, and the complete lack of trust? Leanne, I was going to say you've. Barry as a manager don't want to yeah. put, hurt his feelings <laughs> come on you will be though somewhere down yeah. the line won't oh, you I don't know I don't know no listen what I think it's, it is a hard one I think if I speak about it as a teammate just now I would be really mm-hmm. disappointed for me I think the only way you gain a teammate's respect in the offset is to perform well as a footballer now I think yeah. ball and goalie I think you see these struggles if you say it's Celtic I don't think he hit the ground running I don't think he was a fan's favourite which sadly that makes it easier in this instance mm-hmm. because if it was Edward for example that had broke the rules I don't know if people would be calling for, for the same level of treatment um, yeah. but that's the nature of the game sadly that is what happens is is that's how you gain people's trust and, and respect is by performing um, I would be furious as a teammate and to be honest with a game that they had that was called off with a postponement with the season that it is in, in terms of going for 10 in a row I, I don't think there's a way back simply because I think it shows um, that he doesn't care about where the club's at because he was willing to risk himself and, and other people and, and for me that um, is not good enough simply that I don't know what yeah, Barry thinks yeah, but I've got to agree with Leanne the biggest thing for me I would hazard a guess that Neil Lennon and his staff I've been constantly updating the players and what they've got to do after training, after games. And obviously, bowling goalie, going to a place where I still can't get my head around. I'm, I'm still wondering why he would go to Spain anyway for 24 hours or 48 hours, whatever it was. Well, on, sc- on Skyder, Barry, it says uh, that it was because he was trying to find another club. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd seen Neil Lennon's interview, and he says that would make it even worse <coughs> if he was was over there <laughs> speaking to a club behind Celtic's back. Listen, the boy's made a, a massive mistake, and he's done it all wrong because he's put his teammates in the, and I'll mention again what I said 15, 20 minutes ago. It's his teammates, uh-huh. the family members, the staff, everybody round about Lennox Town, everybody down at Kilmarnock, again, their players. He's put a lot of people in danger because let's be honest, this virus has killed a lot of people. It's it's severe. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yeah. known people who have suffered from it, who have had it. I've I've known family members who have um, passed away uh, through it. Mm-hmm. So 
he's done he's done wrong the boy and I, I don't think there's any way back for him I'll, I'll be quite honest with you Leanne was speaking about it from a teammate's point of view, which is interesting, isn't it? Because Neil Lennon was asked yesterday, you know, how difficult would it be to be for Bolingoli to be accepted back into the dressing room? And, well, you can, you can only imagine. Uh, Rob, see, the what, thing what is, that it, I mean, like. if, if I'm a player sitting in that dressing room, these players mm. are obviously, you're allowed to be close to your family. Mum, mum and dads who are aged 60, 70 year old, and these people are predominantly, if they get it, mm-hmm. suffer worse. Yeah. So that's the yeah. thing that I would be angry at. Yeah. Wait a minute, my mum and well, dad's well, come down to, to see me and what have you passed on to me and I've passed on to my mum and dad and something seriously happened there. Yeah. That's the issue mm-hmm. I would have with it. And the issue as a manager, listen, as I said, there's no doubt Neil Lennon's put practices in place and rules in place and he's, and he's broke them. And the thing is though, I mean, I've went on about it as well because I think the clubs had to do their bit in, in terms of warning players what they, they should and they shouldn't do but see the excuse that I didn't know or I never knew or this is a, this is a pandemic everybody knows yeah. the rules everyone knows I mean as you said earlier Barry it's on the news mm-hmm. 14 day quarantine if you come back from Spain if you go there that's the risk that you take <laughs> luckily we'll be exempt next week because of the protocols that we are following in order to do that and and even that for me there's still a level of anxiety mm-hmm. going yep. as you mentioned I still want to be able to come back and see my family when I get home but I certainly wouldn't be doing it straight away until I know that I get there and I get back and I get tested and I know that I'm okay and all the boxes are ticked that's the exact same protocols yep. that Ball and Goalie must have, have known yeah, that he was to follow. Not just about Celtic or Aberdeen. I believe every Premier League club has done everything mm. to their best of their ability. There's no doubt about it in terms of making sure the players are aware of all the the rights and wrongs. Yep. Um, and But I, I just can't fathom why Ball and Goalies jumped in a plane. And the other clubs who are living, losing revenue, you know, the St Mirren's, mm-hmm. Hamilton, This is a worry for me, Paul. We're desperate to get football back. Yep. And this could, I could see it happening. But what if I suspect we, we suspend yeah. the season again, and then clubs were expecting, as, as Jason Leach said, mid September, hopefully get some fans mm. back. Then it puts that back. The clubs need the money. The yeah. club needs the finances. And that's what you feel for, isn't it? The innocent victims. Innocent victims within football, the clubs who are suffering through no fault of their own. But you widen out to the, to, to the big picture. Literally innocent victims mm-hmm. who, you know, as this uh, virus rages around the world, you know, could literally be victims. All right, let's go to Bobby now in the line from Garthamlet. Bobby, good evening. Hello, Bobby. You can hear the line there, Bobby. Hello, Bobby. How are you? Good evening. Hi, hi. Hello, panel. How you doing, Bobby? Hi, Bobby. Thanks for taking the call. Just then, before we start, uh, I've been listening to Go Radio since it started. Been loving it. Oh. Been loving the, the, the kind of a football show. So, Great. well done. Thank you very much. So, what's in your mind tonight, then? Thank you. It was a kind of a couple of things. One was to talk about the grassroots part of the, the, the game mm-hmm. and the, the potential knock-on effect that these... Selfish professionals, let's call it that, could have to the kids. So, I don't know if you guys are aware that the the grassroots is currently supposed to be getting league games back round about kind of a middle of October. And there's a real danger that, if, in my view, there's a real danger if the if the kids don't get back, they'll lose kids to the game forever. I mean, certainly all I can speak for is the, the team that my son plays for. 
and the coaches have worked really, really hard since the lockdown to keep the kids motivated and send in videos of your fitness regimes and beat your keep you up record and all that sort of stuff. And, and it's one one is for me that the middle of October I think is just too late. Kids are going to be all back at school. They're back in into shops and you know you've got people travelling all the country on staycations and kids can't play a game of football. Who's your, who's your boy? Play for Bobby? Uh, he plays for Rossfields. It's under, my, my son's 12, but it's under 13 at the age group since 2007. Age group, Rossville up in Bishop Briggs. Yeah, yeah I know the one, Bobby. It's hi. Leanne here. How are you doing? Oh, hi, Leanne. Hi, hi. So, there, was that, there, was that, there was that point with the kids, and secondly, was I think the professionals that are kind of are doing whatever suits them at the moment. Certainly the ones that's been guilty of it. I think they're they're only thinking to some degree about themselves, but I could I could guess that if the main game gets stopped for whatever reason, that's going to put the kids' game back as well. Which is affecting not just themselves but tens of thousands of kids and just yeah. to see your Leanne, it's a trickle effect, isn't it? It's the national game. It's going to affect everybody. It is, yeah. And, and to be honest, the, the women's game almost falls into the same category uh, in Scotland as grassroots. There's, there's no view for that to be back in, until October either. And I would agree with you. I think it's really sad that the, the kids are missing out so much just now. It's, um, you know, at Glasgow City, we've got a, a, a big enough um, academy with the kids and in the beginning of lockdown and throughout we tried to keep in touch as, as much as we could via Zoom calls and doing our bits to keep them motivated but you know what kids are like now and certainly for me as a kid it would have been quite easy to lose interest in something um, so to lose kids to the game would, would be really sad um, I think the only logic behind why it's going to be as long as that is mainly I think based around facilities that a lot of schools um, won't compromise their position in, in terms of keeping the schools as safe as they possibly can, which I know Rossville is one of the clubs. I think, Bobby, you correct me if not, but they might have their own training facility now, but they used to train out of schools. Um, sport and leisure facilities are not back up and running, I don't think, until at least mid-September. Um, so logistically, to get kids back, it's quite difficult. And to do that safe for parents and guardians and everybody else around the game is also really difficult. Um, I agree. If the professionals in the game uh, really need to recognise what's going on, because that is the bigger picture. That football's not just about professionals, especially in Scotland. We love the game. Everybody's consumed yes. by it, and to think that there's people missing out is yeah. But it's all about the kids for me, and uh, I mean, there's of the kids are the same as my club. We're not looking to be starting back round about mid October as well for our, our league campaign, and we'll start the Betfred Cup in six uh, October. That'll be our first game, but we, the professionals have got to lead the way. And I would say 99% of the professionals are doing yeah. everything possible by the book. We've had a few mistakes over the, the with eight Aberdeen players. Disappointing. Swept under the carpet. The bowling goalie thing just bamboozled everybody. Why you, why you done that? Um, but... Listen, I'm with you, the kids. I, I love, every Sunday I love going down the Palace Grounds in Hamilton and watching them kick the ball about. And We need to get the kids out because we don't want to lose the kids. Mm -hmm. they're, they're a big part of the the culture up here, the kids playing their, their football. And, but Leanne makes a good point. A lot of the, the teams train at council facilities. Mm -hmm. And none of them are back open. Yeah, and that becomes yeah. a problem with sanitising and all yeah. the stuff. I mean, I was speaking to you, the, the amount of stuff that we have got to go through. 
yeah. before we start back is unbelievable. So mm -hmm. I could imagine what's going to happen with the, the council-run facilities. We'll see how it yeah. goes. I think once the schools, yeah. sorry, are, are back open, we might get a better gauge for, for how the virus is going to be and, and if there's any other setbacks along the way. But the most important thing is that the, the kids are kept going one way or another and that they don't lose interest um, because we will be back. Bobby, really appreciate your call. We'll hear from you in the coming weeks. Rob, you've got some team news from Ibrox. Yeah, the team news is beginning to come in, Paul, for all three games in the Scottish Premiership tonight. As for Rangers uh, against St Johnston at uh, Ibrox, looks to me, Barry and Leanne will confirm this with me, but it uh, looks like the same team, I think, that, that beat uh, St Mirren 3-0 on Sunday. It's John McLaughlin and goals, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogan and Barisic. Kamara, Jack Aribo, Haji, Kent, Morellis. Would that be right, Barry? With with the two new boys, Itton and Roof, both on the bench. Yep, that's the same starting eleven, and I, I don't see any reason why the manager would change it. As I said, I thought the performance on Sunday was very good, um, and listen, the top man was back scoring goals. Uh, but the the bench is looking strong as well, Rob. There's real competition for places, and that's what you want. If you want to be a successful team. You need competition. Well, you look at the bench, Leanne. Uh, Calvin Bassey, the the from Le uh, from Leicester, he he's among the subs. But our experience, Arfield, Davis, Barker, and the two new guys, Itton and Roof. So so that's a he's got a fair choice on the bench as well. He has, and I, that just shows you the way probably Rangers finished the season last year in terms of Kamara, even because I think he was he was at the picture for for quite some time in terms of his performance. You think he had one bad game. Um, and he was all not hung out to dry but he found it really difficult to get back in but he, he seems to be the, the chosen one ahead of the experience that you just mentioned I know we've got a lot of Motherwell fans uh, listening into yep. the show so the Motherwell starting lineup tonight they play Livingston desperate to get some points on the board Carson and Gulls Grimsaw, Gallagher, Mugabe, Lamy, O'Hara, Campbell, Turnbull, Sadoff, White and Long. How does that sound to you? Because we've both been, we've had this discussion quite a lot over the last week or so about how strong the Motherwell squad is, but it's about getting the right starting 11. Yep, if you look through their squad, not just that starting 11, I, I, I says at the start of the season. So your man Polworth's on the bench? Yep, um, very strong squad. Strong starting eleven, but what they need to do now, they need they need to get points on the board. That's two disappointing results. One up at Ross County, Dundee United, they didn't play particularly well. So they're at home tonight against Livingston, and they need to try and get three points. I should say we've got a lot of, lot of yeah. Livingston fans listening to yeah, the show have, as yeah. well. So they tonight are McCrory, Taylor Sinclair, Fitzwater, Brown, Guthrie, Forrest, Bartley, Marvin Bartley, marvelous Marvin, who's been on this show uh, already and yeah. made his presence felt. Pittman, Sybold, uh, Robinson, and Dyke. More on that in just a moment. Thanks, Chris. Back tomorrow night. Barry, what an evening. 28 degrees just a wee while ago. Sun shining, balmy evening. Yeah, it sure is. And What's I'm the plan? To, I was just <laughs> speaking to Rob off air about that. I think the plan is to have a, 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 chill, nice... a chilled rosy. Yep. 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 I'll have one when I go home. Leanne, total athlete at the moment, straight of course. To bed. Yeah, yeah, straight straight to bed. You've got a big game next week, so you better get straight to your bed. <laughs> Rob was giving us the headlines there, so Rangers, no change and no surprise, really, for no. the match tonight with St Johnson. Not at all. We've got a lot of Kilmarnock fans listening to the show as well. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> They're playing tonight, and this is their starting 11 Rogers, Millen, Broadfoot, Findlay Waters, Power Dicker, Tishbola, Pinnock, Burke, and that man, Kabamba, who gave Celtic a really hard time on Sunday. Yeah, he was. He was very impressive. Um, but 
The guy that impressed me most was the most experienced guy on the pitch was Chris Burke. I thought he was different class. 36 coming on 37, looks fit as a fiddle. Yeah, he was on the show, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Talking about his uh, how he's kept himself fit uh, during lockdown, and and he looks sh- sharper and quicker than ever. And, and he, well, he scored Amazing. he scored in both their games yeah. so far as well. Yeah. You always find that I think with players once they get a bit older and they look. Are you, you're not edging to that idea yourself, are you? <laughs> not quite, Chris Park, but I'm not far off it. But you do learn more as you get older. If only you would have known back in your early twenties what you know now. Um, we might have all been in a bit better shape yep, at some I, point but I've got to agree with you I was the fittest over 30 mm-hmm. I was really? fitter yeah. at yeah. 31, 32, 33, 34 until I retired at 37 I was a lot fitter in my early 20s Why? Lifestyle? I, I just <clears> think <throat> when you, you get to that age at 30 you start looking after yourself you <laughs> you watch what you eat you, you train that bit harder because you know at some stage it's going to come to an end And you know what works yeah. for you as well you get mm-hmm. to know your, your body and the way you train and how you recover and and all these things become a lot easier I think when you're young you, you burn the candle at both mm. ends not intentionally at times just because you, you don't know what yeah. you should be doing yeah. um, but credit to Chris Barty he's, he's looking in good shape Barry were the methods different when you went to Blackburn from the were at Rangers so, the second time I went down to the, the Premier League yeah. Paul uh, at Birmingham it was yeah. um, sports science was beginning to come in it was mm. massive and uh, I found, I mean, I went down, I got a shock to the system and I'd done my medical. I got told to lose a stone in weight, um, which pretty really? yeah. it shocked wow. me. Um, when I'd done my medical, then I'd done a fitness test and the th- says to me, look, you'll need to bring a stone off. If you bring a stone off, you'll feel the benefit. Um, and I always thought I was pretty fit up yeah. here. Um, so when I went down there, I was, it was in the best condition. I've got to be honest with you, the, the condition I was in that second time was, was the best I've been. That's a shocker, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine, you know, I can understand being asked to lose a few pounds, but how can you get a stone off? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I had to get it off in, in four weeks, which was a worry because I was worried in case your energy levels no, dropped. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it is, but eventually I'd done it in the four weeks. Amazing, wasn't it? But sports science is such a huge thing now. The sports science in the last 10 years has come on leaps and bounds. Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, the amount of games that they need to play yeah. as well just now, but yeah. I mean, the, the sports science things, the recovery systems that are in place for these uh, elite footballers is, is unbelievable, isn't it, Leanne? The bit I found most interesting about a lot of it is actually less is best. Mm-hmm. Because, for you know, back in the day, you would have ran and ran and ran and mm-hmm. kept thinking that the more running you would do, the fitter you mm-hmm. got. Whereas... For me, when I went down to the women's WSL in England, I probably trained less at Notts County than what I had been training at Glasgow City. But it was just the way it had been tweaked and, and the way the scheduling went, I actually felt loads better for it. And again, that was the, the fittest I had been. Uh, yeah, it was more intense. We only trained for an hour, an hour and 30, which is obviously 90 minutes, but you would play on a Saturday. But it was really, it was an intense mm-hmm. 90 minutes. And then with that, it's the recovery and doing all the right mm-hmm. bits, which I wasn't doing properly up here. So the sands at Gullen weren't part of it, which it used to be. You know, <laughs> well, I, watched, I, I watched with Derek Johnson every few weeks. Derek would tell us yeah, about, you know, the late, great Jock Wallace getting them up the sand dunes to start the fitness training. Yeah, it was when I first started, my first pre-season at 15, it was like 45, 60 minute runs. I mean, the longest runs... As my career went on, it was like four minute runs. Yeah. I'll tell you, and look, my guys are now that, that's the longest run they'll do. Um, but back then, you were you were running for 45, 60 minutes through Bella Houston Park, and yeah. 
been sick halfway through it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot of Ross County fans listening yeah. to the show as well because you can listen to this absolutely everywhere, can't you? Indeed, the yeah. app, download the app. Indeed. So, yeah, Ross County Kilmarnock. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Ross County tonight, uh, they're starting 11 in that match. Paul is Laidlow, Randall, Draper, Gardine, Vigers, who's been playing so well, the captain, Mullen, Yacovetti, Charles Cook, Donaldson, Ross Stewart, and the young local lad who's making a big impact already this season, Josh Reed. And I think Leanne, yeah. as, a, as a team, Ross County, are making a, a big impact and they'll be looking to make it three wins out of three tonight. They are. I actually spoke about them I think again before a ball had been kicked and I was one of the ones that doubted how they would do this season just yeah. simply because it is such a tough division um, and they hadn't recruited too much uh, but credit to them, they've, they've hit the ground running and I, I think the clean sheets is the bigger thing for them as well as they keep them out at that end will be tailing over the course of the season um, and the form was Mackay was he in the start 11 tonight no Billy Mackay he's, 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 uh, he's not on the bench he's presumably the bench. no he is sorry he is yeah. on the bench, on the bench but, but that tells you about, about, you about that, squad yeah. strength there doesn't it because I mean like you they didn't add to, significantly to mm. the squad I didn't think but they'd lost quite a few Barry like some Marcus Fraser mm -hmm. uh, Richard Foster Sean Kelly so, some some experienced players had gone and, and you did wonder what the season was going to be all about and they're absolutely flying so clearly uh, Stuart Kettlewell knew exactly what he was doing Yep experienced players as well um, they, they knew the game inside out so I, I, I was the same as Leanne at the start of the season I was looking and thinking I think they could struggle this year but credit to Kettlewell and credit to the players yeah. I, I was impressed with them against Murrow I thought they were very good in that first 45 minutes and then he travelled that distance down to yeah. uh, New Douglas mm -hmm. Park on the Arsenal turf and he, he came away with a 1-0 win clean sheet again what a great start to the season for them So what about tonight Barry? I fancy Kilmarnock. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think because of how well they did at the weekend, they yeah, kick on now? I mean, yeah. I, I say it's about Chris Burke. It's not just because I was an ex-teammate, but he's been excellent for them. But yeah. the, the two boys in the middle of the park, Dicker and Power, mm -hmm. I think are um, a key to them. Um, so I, I just see Kilmarnock. I thought they were really good, well drilled against Celtic. Um, so I think they'll go up there tonight and, and get the three points. Liam? I think it'll be a close one. Um, I could see it being a draw, to be honest, simply because I, I think Ross County are look, looking to keep that momentum going and they won't want to lose. If they don't pick up all three points, it's not the end of the world. Um, and I don't think it'll be an easy travel for Kilmarnock. Rob, do you have a view? Well... Um, Ross County are my sort of neck, that's my neck yeah. of the woods uh, where I originally come from so I, I've got a real soft spot for them and I'm, I'm just delighted at how they're doing and, and also the plaudits that are coming their way they're, you know, they're not playing that horrible football to watch and getting results that way um, they're playing some pretty f some football that's easy on the eye but yeah I mean that's going to be a tough one for them tonight because Comarica are coming off the back of that brilliant result against Celtic and how will they cope with Kabamba I wonder not the typical Dingwall accent you have there, Rob. <laughs> right enough. <laughs> yeah, right enough. So, Ross County, Kilmarnock. Motherwell, Livingston then. Leanne, is this the, the time that things start to change for Motherwell? They were so fancied third last year. What about tonight? Even Livingston as well yeah, tonight. Sure. Both teams need to go and pick up points. Um, and there's no time like the present. But I, I think Motherwell have underperformed. Uh, again, if I was to speak about them a couple of weeks ago, I would have thought, you know, they would have been pushing to, to do the same as last season to finish third and um, to be not to say that they won't do that just now but I just think the form's not been there I, I can't quite put my finger on it what's missing mm. um, but they've got the home game tonight and, and they'll be hoping to, to get we, a positive we, result We spoke about it Rob mm. I still don't think he knows his strongest 11 mm -hmm. Yeah I heard you saying he said that he's got yep. a, strong, a strong squad 
Do you um, think that's the problem, Barry? I do. Yeah. I do. Too many. Um, mm. He's got a lot of good players. Probably the strongest squad that he's had. Mm. Um, but that, I think that'll be a cracking game. Two teams that done excellent last year. I've got to be honest with you. Punched above their weight. Yeah. Um, mm. And Livingston, don't write them off. A lot of people say about long ball. and They've got some very good footballers as well. Yeah, in the midfield. But I mean, you you looked at Motherwell and what they did last season, and and the squad that was pretty much intact, and that uh, Stephen Robinson's added to as well. And then you've got you've got you've got Jay Hasty coming back for a second spell, and you've got David Turnbull getting a right mm. good run at it after his injury problems. You assumed Motherwell would be flying. I, I hope in terms of Turnbull, I hope people give him a bit of time. Mm-hmm. He said a long layoff. Um, I know he, he'd probably be disappointed not getting that big movie he deserved it. I, I think he's got everything in the locker to be a top midfielder I really do but you need to bide your time give him a bit of space because he's been out for a long time he had a serious knee operation but in time I think he'll get that move that he, he deserves Let's get a quick word with uh, Stephen Robinson let's hear from him it's not the, the start we wanted. I've said it numerous times. It, you know, there's no rice in Ireland football. You lose, you're rubbish. I'm the worst manager in the world. You win, you're great, and you should be managing Barcelona. There's no in-between, but there has to be an in-between. There's a lot of good stuff. There's too much good stuff on the pitch for us to not start winning games. So, Rangers against St. Johnson, the final one tonight, because we all know St. Mary's Celtic, which would have been on now, postponed, and Aberdeen Ackies the same. So, Leanne, what do you reckon tonight at Ibrooks? I think the way that Rangers performed uh, at the weekend, you would expect them to go and get the job done. I think it's a difficult one for St Johnson because you've got to feel for them um, missing out in a game at the weekend, you know, when everybody else is, is getting to play. And has that set them back any, or does it swing an advantage in the sense that they're fresh and, and they'll be ready to go? I, I don't know. Uh, I think Rangers will be and will be too strong. They though. missed a friendly as well, didn't they, with St Mirren? So they they've did. missed two games. I know, two and, and that's a yeah. hard one to take. And as I mentioned earlier on, it's so hard to get the intensity. Um, and once a team like Rangers have, have got into that swing of playing and, and they're building that momentum, it's an unchanged side. Um, it will depend how, how fit and fresh they are when they get going. I, I think if you ask Callum Davison, he would have wanted a game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that could that's the worst thing that could have happened to St. Johnson, and I think it's going to affect them tonight. You could, as we spoke about earlier on the show, you can train as much as you want, mm-hmm. but games players <clears> need minutes in their legs, and I think it'll be too much for them tonight. I think Rangers, confidence wise, I'll, I'll get the three points. We've been speaking about the permutations up front for Rangers, but maybe one of the most significant signings might prove to be Leon Balagan, who who looks to have given them an increased solidity at the back, and that of course allows the, the front six to go and play. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you, been really impressed with him. Um, physical presence, looks very comfy on the ball, He's got a bit of pace as well, a few recovery runs back, he get, he get important tackles in. I think he, he's a great find for the manager um, and I think him and Golston are now starting to strike up a real good partnership. Barry, Rob, Leanne, we're out of time. That's it. News is coming next. Back tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Barry Ferguson, thanks very much. Leanne Crichton, will you come back? I will indeed, yes. Great. It's been enjoyable. Fantastic. Enjoy the sun tonight. This is Glasgow's own Go Radio. We're back. Tomorrow night, Rob, five o'clock. Yep. See you then.